0: you're listening to the hockey podcast network i'm mason dixon i'm back with Corey. this is habs nightly we're back for another episode as always every weekly on the hockey podcast network and um you know not a lot has happened in the nhl the last few months but especially this week so it's gonna be kind of a chill episode um, me and cory haven't really talked all week so we're probably just gonna catch up you know just shoot the shit it's it's gonna be Kind of a chilled, laid-back episode. I'm not sure how long it's gonna be, but uh, yeah, just full warning. We're fucking winging this. Um, yeah, we're just gonna talk and have a good time. So, how you been, Corey?
1: I'm doing alright, dude. You know, this is like uh, it's like an e-bug episode. You know, we're just <laughs> we're just trying to just trying to catch back up. You know, I've been I've been a little busy, um, just dealing with life down here, car problems, fucking. So
0: yeah, so you, know, you how, name how, it. How, <laughs> what, what? How's the car going? Because uh, I'm not sure if people on the show uh, know, no. but I, you, I
1: don't think anybody knows. I, I yeah. I've been so fucking busy to talk about it. But uh, we had some bad weather last week, and a, a giant piece of uh, a tree from my neighbor's yard like fell through our carport, which I don't know how what Canadians call like the overhang. If you guys call it a carport, I don't want to confuse people. But it's whatever protects your vehicle, you know, from, from everything, anything from above. Uh, yeah, that, uh, that didn't protect my vehicle. A, a fucking tree uh, fell and went straight through the carport and impaled my passenger side. I mean... I, it went through the windshield, but it like destroyed the whole passenger side. Like it pinned it to the ground.
0: It was a fucking Nazim Qadri, like spear. Like that <laughs> that tree impaled your car. I dude, I saw was, the picture. It was bad.
1: It was fucked, dude. And then I watched it for like three days because it just rained constantly. <laughs> three days I just got like a fucking you know a DIY waterfall in my car. You know, uh, it just was just its own breeding ground from mosquitoes and fucking what have you. Just just basically, you know, I, I they totaled it. I'm gonna get some good money, granted of how fucked up it looked from working on, you know, indicator Decatur, which is uh if anyone's ever visited, you know, New Orleans, Decatur is like probably one of these the better streets to go on. Like bourbon is just like just don't do it. You know, Decatur turns into Frenchman and you you're just just as good off on that street. Um, but you know, I used to work out there, so a lot of wear and tear on a vehicle, you know, people like sideswiping it cause they're drunk, people leaning on your car cause they're drunk, anything that could happen, you know, happens out there, but they gave me a good chunk of money back, but the fucking rental company, they said I was going to have a rental car for 20 fucking days. And as soon, as soon as these people told me that they were going to, uh, that my insurance was going to total it fucking hurts turn around and calls me and says I got till Monday which is like four days later to bring the car back and uh that blew my fucking mind considering I was gonna use this vehicle to go look at potential vehicles and now I don't have one uh to go do such a thing uh life's just a little crazy down here it's just added to the extra shit we're all dealing with
0: I, man, I I fucking feel shitty for I I hate dealing with car people, mechanics, insurance companies, rental car. Dude. They they're all just snakes. All of well, them. Well,
1: man, ima- imagine like not having to deal with like a, like looking at cars for like eight years. Like I don't know what the fuck's out there. Like <laughs> I don't watch I don't watch regular television. You know I have like all the streaming. So, you know, for someone who doesn't like pay attention like that, all of your you know, ideas for possible next cars, you know, a lot of that comes from those commercials. You see what the fuck's out there. I don't know that. I see the same eight to 10 cars in this area. That's the only cars I really know. I don't know what's popping. I don't know what the new, the new look for these vehicles are. You know, I don't even know if they're making certain vehicles anymore. Uh, so this is just a brand new challenge for me <laughs> at the worst possible time.
0: When's it ever at a good time, though? these they never these things never you know,
1: never never but like yeah. it would be so much easier when it was like <laughs> not a fucking global lockdown you know to go deal with this shit
0: you know what you should get have you seen those uh those cyber trucks from the elon Musk? oh made? jesus you should get yeah. one of those
1: yeah right because i could totally afford a fucking tesla <laughs>
0: Hey, we make, we making bank here at the hockey podcast the south.
1: Never left the south. I've never been to a a Canadian hockey game. I've never stepped foot into an arena. But instead of instead of doing that, instead of like taking that off my bucket list, I'm gonna just go buy a, a Cybertruck.
0: Hey, Cybertruck, all wheel drive for thirty nine thousand dollars,
1: dude. I'm good. I'm sorry. You,
0: you can get a <laughs> car that looks like it was drawn by a third grader
1: yeah by the newly installed fucking uh kyle you know his kid or whatever whatever they're calling it oh
0: my god is is his name kyle it was like
1: it's like a something there were characters that
0: i have never seen in any alphabet before
1: um I, i don't know dude there's so many there's so much shit out there but someone like apparently went and looked through it and uh it's like uh it's like broken down that uh each specific thing represents a, a, another letter in the English language and it comes down to Kyle or some shit like that so that's what i've just been calling him as Kyle uh,
0: uh, uh, yeah someone told me it was like archangel or something <laughs> i i don't know i'm i'm okay. looking at the name now and it just hurts my brain that's just beyond extra at that point. Like you, you have so much money. You just need to make your life interesting by ruining your sons.
1: Yeah. It, it's something crazy. So like the X is, oh fuck. I forgot how to, it, it was, it was such an interesting read considering it's nothing else to really look forward to <laughs> yeah. with somebody just like breaking the code, you know, did the research to figure out how to pronounce this kid's name.
0: Well imagine this kid goes on to go fucking play in the NHL or something. And see, the announcer goes, and coming up the ice X A E A 12 <laughs> like what? Like <laughs> ugh. It's just uh why? I I don't under I don't understand. I don't want to understand. And I hate that it's gotten to the point where I have to talk about whatever the fuck that kid's name is on a hockey podcast. This quarantine needs to end. I'm going crazy.
1: What in the fuck? Uh, (laughs) so so like, I'm trying to look for like what I read originally, uh, to be it. Um, okay. So this, if, if this is his wife or his girl, I don't know. Uh, (laughs) So so this is what I originally saw was uh, X is the the Greek letter chi or pronounced chi and then AE, which is like saying the at and cat uh, is pronounced, you know, like at, but, uh, and this is saying it's I like AI and then A12, the 12th letter of the alphabet is L pronounced fucking <laughs> so Isle Yeah. So this is how these people got to that. But apparently, the baby mama, uh, fucking, oh, my God, I don't know. X is the unknown variable, okay? AE, uh, my 11 spelling of AI, love and or artificial intelligence. A12 is the our favorite aircraft. No weapons, no defenses, just speed, great in battle. And A equals archangel? Yeah, oh, archangel. Jesus. Oh, my God. Hey man, you know, there was a time when you were super young when like people were making fun of like, I forgot whose kid it was, but one kid's name is Apple. And then there's, you know, like the Northwest and fucking oh, Kanye's kids. All, yeah. You know, like all these names, like, dude, this one tastes the cake. Like, there <laughs> will never, n- there will never be a name that is so fucking profound like this ever. Like no fucking, nobody is going to come up with that. No celebrity is going to break the bank on this one. They've picked the fucking – they've they've morphed Mario Lemieux and Wayne Gretzky into, you know, one name, and it's however you pronounce it.
0: <laughs> I mean, like, Elon Musk seems to be going fucking crazy, though. Every time I hear him on the news lately, I feel like, like I'm going a little mental with this whole quarantine. I think it must have snapped Elon Musk. Because I just looked him up because I was like, you know, I wanted to figure out this kid's name. Elon Musk is apparently suing the state of California.
1: Yeah, possibly going to uh, <laughs>
0: Texas to Why? move the
1: facility over there. Why? Dude, who knows, bud? Who knows? I grant, granted, he's smart as shit. But, yeah. like, with that amount of smartness and no one to really compete with, you think that this dude's just – it really going fucking mad
0: like is this i feel his level of insanity is where we're going to get if we don't get hockey back soon
1: dude it's like conway turn, kanye turning into the pastor you know what i'm saying like he went like really far off the off the deep end <laughs> like over the over the years you know like elon musk is just slowly traveling that except he's got like i don't know what his fucking iq would be you know but i'm sure it's up there
0: well I, th- I think it's funny. You mentioned Kanye, like Kanye became a fucking founded his own church. Like that's the most culty. Like, like he's basically a fucking cult leader and just no one really cared. Cause they go, oh like we're so used to Kanye just being doing fucking, just weird shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Like, dude, you go in his church. He's got like a fucking Yeezy shrine of his fucking shoes. <laughs> and I'm sure it is like pamphlets for like, you know, the next, you know, coming soon. It's, it's, it's all commercials for his fucking next shoe appearance and i can i i can't think it's anything more than scientology and him breaking down like the 808 and heartbreak album
0: <laughs> i mean i i don't think i want to know what goes on in the mind of kanye west that that's an area i want to leave untouched <laughs> but i feel maybe we should let's
1: talk talk some hockey let's talk about
0: let's touch on some (laughs) hockey um montreal they signed romanov and like we didn't leave with that because like we all knew it was gonna happen um how about
1: that uh before you even get to it i'm in the middle of fucking nowhere with no reception and i this shit lights up my phone like instantly as soon as it happens (laughs) i send it straight to you i'm like maybe i'm out of the loop did you get this shit you know Oh, yeah, definitely
0: no not. <laughs> no, it was me and you both went a little wild when we saw that. But um, it was sick. I mean, we, we kind of expected it. Um, we're still not sure. I don't think they know. The NHL hasn't really come out and said whether he'd be able to play the rest of the regular season or in the playoffs if um, the season is resumed. And speaking right. of the playoffs, you were actually talking about the big rumor about the 2014 playoff format and apparently it's kind of gaining traction among, you know, the, the uh, pro analysts and stuff that, um, they're saying this could be a major possibility.
1: Yeah. Um, you know, if they just go straight ahead and try to just get it over with, you know, try to, you know, go a season, you know, despite what happened handing out the Stanley cup, you know, it will be a, there will be, like, an, an asterisk next to it, whoever wins it, you know. So, I feel bad for that specific team. But, I mean, fuck, if you win this cup, I don't think you're really bitching about it, you know. You don't care if it was you're a not, fucking fluke or not.
0: You're not going to give a shit if you win the Stanley exactly. Cup. Exactly.
1: If you don't, you'll care about it. If you win it, you ain't giving a fuck. But, uh, so, if they're going points-based, it's it's fucking crazy. But at 71 points, the Montreal Canadiens are in What? 31 and what, nine?
0: Man, I I don't want to talk about it. Oh,
1: man. No, I'm sorry. 31, 31, and nine as our – oh, my God. We're going to get in with 71 points?
0: I don't want to talk about it. (laughs) If Montreal makes the play – leave it – only Montreal could get shafted so bad that they would have a 71-point season – miss out on any chance at a top 5 lottery pick or top 3 lottery pick make the playoffs and stand pat at where they are like only montreal could that happen to <laughs> uh, and like watch they're going to make the playoffs and then they're going to go to like the fucking final and get swept and we're going to end up with like the 30th overall yeah, no, pick in no the first round pick.
1: just all trash
0: <laughs> god damn
1: It's crazy. Um, And it's like all all of California is out.
0: (laughs) All of the Atlantic is out. Yeah. There's like five teams in the top ten, I think, from the Atlantic. That's insane. That is nuts. I mean, I'm definitely, needless to say, not a fan of the 2014 playoff format.
1: I mean, I'll, I'll take it as far as if they can if they can get that approved, and then that means hockey's coming back. You know, I'd rather take a shit draft pick and have the game back and have something to do, you know, than not. I mean, I know that we really need to look at the future, but I think what's really fucked up is that, you know, last year we could have – I don't think we could have did damage, but we could have did something. One point, one point out. You know, uh, <laughs> not this year though.
0: Oh no, I just, I'm praying that that is not the route they take. Um, just from a not even a hockey fan, just a Habs fan perspective, because man, yeah, cause we
1: really need to look at the future right now.
0: I really want a Mike or Marco Rossi or a Cole Perfetti. Or get lucky and get a Lafreniere. You know, I, I don't want to be drafting low because we random – Carey Price decides that – Carey Price sees an opportunity to win a cup in Montreal. To just clutch
1: it. Yeah. <laughs> I got it, guys.
0: <laughs>
1: Ugh. Oh, man. It's like Rakaitis off of a uh, semi-pro. Just fucking winning the game for him. <laughs> um. Yeah. Hawks so. <laughs> Uh, all right, so, so back to Alexander Romanoff. So a couple episodes back, we tried to figure out where he could fit in his defensive bearings, and uh, we, we ended it as being that this is only based off of if, if we hear any new information. Granted, we have a little bit more information. He's going to sign a three-year. that Hopefully that guarantees him, you know, non-games to see how he does. Where do you fit him in now?
0: Uh, it's tough. Um, I see Montreal moving one of their defensive prospects. Okay. Or like we like we we're talking. Um, you, we've got so many Jeff Petrie, Weber, both guaranteed on the right side.
1: Absolutely, and the left side seems to be our problem. Yeah. Despite maybe a bench but we've already questioned if a Ben Chirot move would would be in the be in the works.
0: Yeah. Exactly. Um. I think you can safely say that Mete and Chirot have, at least for the start of the season. Have a spot. I, yeah, they're yeah. going to have a spot. I think the only one who could be moved in the off season would be Chirot, realistically. I mean, it's Mark Bergeron, Anyone can be moved. But Absolutely. I think they still see Mete as a building I think, block. Yeah,
1: exactly. They see his potential. Um, and then Ben Chirot's name carries a lot of weight. You know, yeah. so that, that is another Especially reason in that why locker. he can move. It, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, really, in any locker room, dude, he was absolutely fantastic in Winnipeg, you know, and he came over here to a team that is the opposite of Winnipeg right now and, you know, well, let's say the opposite of Winnipeg last season where they just looked really dominant before everybody. all the defense left. Um, (laughs) Yeah,
0: before Bufflin yeeted out of there.
1: Fucking Buff, dude. He's just chilling. Um, But, yeah, so I have it set that, you know, Ben Sherrod is going to stay – I looked at, you know, who we had sitting back, um, and I did choose Victor Mete to stay around. I think that he's, you know, the little bit of games he got this season, he proved um, that there is some really good potential in this kid, especially alongside like a Shea Weber. You know, I don't think that's something that you'll see a lot, but it was really nice to see that. Um, Now, having that said, you know, I think that you would drop him – I would drop maybe – I mean, it would probably be uh, Olette down. Kulak's obviously going to be out for for Mete. But I don't know if I would want Romanov on the third, you know, maybe maybe with a Jeff Petri.
0: Well, I think the way – because keeping in mind, Mete's only 21 too. So there's <laughs> a lot of growth, especially from a defenseman. Like, we're so used to players being rushed into the NHL and performing right away, like Quinn Hughes and Kale McCarr, for example. Or an Adam Fox. But not every player is like that. Up until a few years ago, we were still in the idea that it takes players a few years to grow. So, yeah, I see I see what you mean. Like, there's kind of an issue of, well, Chirot and Mete have it locked down. But I can almost see Montreal going with a transition with Romanov. Like you said, a third pairing, kind of. And maybe... Mm-hmm. Doing what they do, because Montreal, I think the one thing Montreal does well is they roll their lines. And if they could do the same thing with their defense, especially right. with the you know, the plethora of talent, they might be forced to. Obviously, Weber and Petrie are going to get their minutes, but move around and play guys like situationally. If someone's playing, you're not set. And I think that is one thing Claude Julien has been very good at in his career is he's not afraid to switch things up on the fly. So I think that could maybe supplement some minutes. Romanov might, you know, be expected to lose playing on the third pairing. I think he could see some some good time there.
1: Right. Just uh, like uh, like roulette him around. Like Shea Weber's is going to get a guaranteed set of minutes. Yeah. Let's throw him out here with Shea Weber for this specific situation. You know, just giving him more minutes with with a, with another possible pairing partner and just kind of, you know, rush and roulette him around, see where he's going to, you know, what he's capable of doing with different right wings next to him, you know?
0: Yeah, exactly. Uh, not um, right
1: wings, you know, right defender. Yeah.
0: But I saw a tweet, I think it's Habs Chronicle. By the way, great follow on Twitter. I mm-hmm. One of my favorite Habs fans accounts. Um, but they mentioned uh, how punishing that Habs blue line is going to be. Weber... <laughs> Juleson, Fleury, Romanov, Chirac can lay the body. That is, you're going to have to pay to come across that blue line. If you're going to carry the puck, you're going to pay the toll with blood. Like, that's not something you've been able... I don't think teams have feared crossing Montreal's blue line since we lost Alexi Emelin. And they're going to start having that fear again.
1: Now, you know... Like, uh, like, P.K. Subban, early career, laid really, really nasty, you know, Cronwall back, you know, just skating backwards hits.
0: Uh, the big old hip checks.
1: Yeah, you know, just a beautiful hip check. But he wasn't a defensive-minded defenseman. You know, he always was looking for an opening uh, or a really great setup pass. I think it's awesome that we're you know like like you just said we're we're looking at a possibility of having like a blue line wall, just like an ice guard of just you know imagine two three lines of just you know Emelins out there, you know, yeah, but they there's always an emelin out there,
0: yeah, but they can play <laughs> yeah, it. absolutely Emelin went two years without scoring a goal one year and then he he broke it on an empty netter. Emelon I liked him, the, though, dude. He brought, yeah. he
1: brought a very ten, uh, tenacious aspect to our game, and for the longest time, he was that one player that kept the fucking meat and potatoes into this squad. You know, we were getting pushed around a lot.
0: Well, I think it says a lot about his play, just with that point. He went two years without scoring a goal and broke it on an empty netter. Montreal still played him $4.5 million a year. He knew his yeah. job, and he played it well. Absolutely. No, I, I, yeah, man, like, I don't even know where to go with the defense. Like, I think I think we're going to see a lot of moves with Montreal in the offseason, and I think some of them are going to piss me off. But, you know, I've decided I'm putting my faith in Bergevin for one last ride. Right. I'm going to live or die with him. So I'm just going to, like, I can't do anything about it. I'm just going to trust him. You know, he's burned me in the past, but he's also made me feel amazing. So I'm just going to put my faith in him. And I think he's got this year. I think this is Bergevin's year to kind of – this is when the master plan should be either unfolding or falling apart. And I think if we don't see some sort of improvement or shift after this year, then I think it's fair to say Bergevin needs to go.
1: Now, a lot of people outside of the, you know, the Montreal fan base – think he's fucking garbage. You know, they they can't make sense of his his trades, you know, for us though as fans, you know, watching how the trades have developed and really made, you know, made sense for the future now looking back at it, right? But everyone who's not a fan doesn't see that. They think he's a fucking joke. And for once I think you're right, you know, a lot of us are going to be like, "Look, man, he's a fucking wild card." whatever he does, I'm going to be on board because so far, even if it took a year to notice, this man has changed the Montreal Canadiens for the better moving forward. You know, we got rid of everybody for youth. And now we got so much youth and so much great talent. We don't know what the fuck to do with, you know, so I'm, I'm alongside of you. I'm going to give this man a hundred percent, you know, no, no doubts. Just let him ride with it. And this is really going to make or break if this dude's really anything special, or is he going to be a fucking clown looking for a new job by the end of it?
0: Yeah, because the one thing I've noticed with Bergevin is I spend a lot of the time initially screaming at him for trades he's made, like the Weber-Suban mm-hmm. trade. or um, I was okay with the Patriotti trade. I'm sorry, I'm trying to blank here. But, you know, there's been a few trades where he's actually kind of proved me wrong. I think the one thing I do still – consistently think was his worst move and still hate on him for it to this day was how he dealt with Radulov and Markov, especially Markov. Like you you, you could have kept one of them and you lost both of them for nothing. And And
1: I really think that if Radulov stays, you know, just, just develop, developing with one team, he would have been fucking lights out. And he's doing great in Dallas, but I think that it, he would have had a better chance offensively here. I think that, you know, um, if we talk about uh, like how we were we were talking about Drew Ann trying to be that number one here. And that wasn't going to be his place. I felt like Radulov, if improved, you know, got, got used to playing in the NHL after that, you know, well, you know, playing with us after that season, coming back, I felt like he had a chance to have the reins as far as, you know uh, a top line spot and you know being our number one offensive player and we just didn't handle that situation the right way and and then we lose one of our greatest defensemen
0: yeah for sure and Radulov did choose to leave Montreal did offer him a good amount of money I just think yeah there could have been more done something
1: yeah like you're saying like we could have we could have made the incentive better you know like like yeah like he joined the team and he had a pretty decent year, you know, but like if you give him the incentive of understanding that, you know, Hey man, like you're, you're, you could be a key component. Like we could build around you, you know, like he's fucking Russian. Tell him he could, you know, he could be the fucking Ovi of, uh, of <laughs> yeah. Montreal, you know, like we will build around you, you know, like we, we could have tried, you know, maybe, maybe there's shit. We just don't know about it, Yeah, but it just, it didn't seem like they gave us enough, information so everybody was like we fucking blew that you know we lost that
0: yeah exactly and I think and then just personally I salivate at the idea of Rajalo feeding Domi and Druin. Oh. Just <laughs> yeah oh man especially as they've developed with the Habs I just think god damn they need to fucking the puck. nasty
1: like this dude only thinks about scoring fucking goals and gets he's like he gets as angry as as fucking uh as what's his name Crosby's right hand man Evgeny Malkin if he doesn't if he's not being successful offensively like yeah this dude could have really changed the momentum of our locker room by just being like look all we got to do is get a goal all we well, I will he help did. you get
0: a goal you know Montreal played that was I think Montreal made the playoffs yeah they made the playoffs that year yeah, they did
1: but like imagine like you know it's his first year here he doesn't have, you know, your, your voice in the locker room is big no matter what. But you come back that second year, you know, there's a chance that you get a lot more respect as far as, like, they could have, you know, offered him. I wouldn't give him a fucking uh, – an alternate. But, you know, like, you're coming back for another year, people are going to respect you a lot more and, and value your opinions a lot more. You know, this dude is our offensive fucking dream and everyone else's nightmare.
0: Yeah, and I just think, like you said, you are mentioning the locker room. You don't see a lot of guys get as happy as Radulab does when other guys score goals. Yeah. I think that was a big thing I noticed about him was he was just probably more, even happier to assist somebody than score his own goal.
1: Dude, he just wants to win. Mm-hmm. He has like probably one of the best winning mentalities as far as like motivation than anybody in the league. Which is funny because – he wants to win.
0: Yeah, which is funny because when he – initially his first stint in the league, his first two stints, he, he failed because they said, yeah, he had no drive. He, he was unmotivated. And clearly he's just <laughs> totally changed that around and, you know, carved out a really solid career for himself. I'm, I don't know what kind of numbers he put up. In Dallas this year I'm just gonna look it up yeah 46 points in 60 games had a bit of a down year last year but 72 points with Dallas his first year like 62 with Montreal he's put up some really impressive numbers in the NHL
1: absolutely dude uh you know I think I mean it's it's pretty pretty fucked up what happened with him you know for him to take a break but he goes away dude and absolutely kills it at, at uh you know out in the KHL, comes back, has a great year with us, goes to Dallas, has a fucking – makes us look like complete jackasses, you know. Um, yep. And then people can be like, oh, well, you know, maybe we dodged something. No. His next year he fucking scores, you know, he's one shy of 30 goals. And then, you know, this year that's still fucking postponed. He still looks fucking good. You know, his, his shit has dropped a bit. But it's because look at, look at what Dallas did this, you know, that offseason – was they brought in all these components to try to build a winning, a winning culture without rebuilding. You know, they were one of those teams that we talked about early in the season that was successful at doing that. You know, they didn't have to rebuild. They brought key pieces in, and for, like, two weeks, they looked like they weren't going to be shit. And then all of a sudden they connected, and it's been fucking nonstop for them.
0: Dallas is the biggest, like, people say that Tampa's consistently disappointing. But like I think Dallas over the last five or six years has maybe been one of the most disappointing teams in the NHL. <laughs> I'm serious. Look at look at that roster. They've got <laughs> they had John Klingberg, uh, Tyler Sagan, Jordy Jordy, Jamie Ben, um mm-hmm. Ben Bishop's been there forever now, and they've they've honestly done nothing. And you every year. They burn me every fucking year in my hockey pool because I always have Dallas going far. So I load up on Dallas players and every fucking year they choke it. And I don't know if there's just like not a winning culture there, but like if you look at the talent they have, that team should be, like you said, they're finally pulling it together this year. But they they should have gone a lot further than they have.
1: Absolutely. I think you're right. I think, think, you know – there's certain players on there that were brought in to be that offensive, you know, uh flashpoint and have slowly declined a little bit, but they've caught on to that and tried to bring in more to to keep that flame kindled, you know, to keep it keep it burning longer and um in hopes that, you know, like maybe like a Sag one would re catch fire, you know, um it's it's hard. You know, Dallas is one of uh one of the teams I get to watch, you know. Uh, cause they're the closest team, seven hours away. That's the closest fucking team. I think them in Nashville. It's like a twenty-minute difference. But uh, you know, of of those games that I can really watch whenever the fuck I want, they look great. And then they come to the playoffs and they get fucked. You know, yeah. You know? Um, but they're they're not a quitting team, dude. Like, you know, look at them versus the Blues. You know, like, dude, they will. I, and I think I think. I think it's their ability to fight back. Now, maybe they, they're not – they they haven't been as, as offensive as they should, you know, depending on if you look at who they got on their team. But they stay in the games because of their physicality, and then you got Ben Bishop as the wall in the back, you know. Yeah, um, that's fair. And, uh And Hugh, Hugh Dobin was, has been great too. But, you know, all, they just lack offense. And Rajaloff has showed in three years that – He's become a key component over there. That should have been a key component for us.
0: Yeah, you know? definitely. We got a little sidetracked talking about Dallas, but
1: <laughs> it's just a It's just it's just how it.
0: it goes now. Yeah, especially with this isolation. Um, man, what else? What else? Were we we had one more thing. It totally slipped my mind. Oh,
1: uh So, by the time you guys hear this, it will be Monday, um, and the AHL will be releasing a statement whether or not they're going to cancel out the rest of their, their season or not. So, but it, it looks like it's leaning heavy towards uh, cancellation of the AHL, and uh, that's kind of tough. It's, it's really tough when you think about you know what does that look like for the NHL. I think the NHL has got a different idea. I don't think Gary Bettman is going to fucking survive another night if he can't make this shit happen. But would that, you know, and I guess this would have to be research for the pos- for the next episode, but if they cancel that season for the AHL, you know, could you possibly, you know, would you still be able to call up those guys say the Canadians do make it at the 24th spot in the playoffs if they go by point bases?
0: Yeah. The, oh, the, the NHL and the AHL is so intertwined that there's so many things that this can and will affect. And I think – like you said the the asterisk on this season if they continue it is going to be massive they're going to they're going to have to just bullshit rules and make them up on the spot to deal with
1: mm-hmm.
0: s- situations like that and i think it's going to be really interesting to see what happens but um yeah i just i get why the AHL is closing <laughs> you know yeah they don't have the funds that the NHL does i mean it, it's sad but
1: it's true you know yeah why, you know, why make these guys, you know, still un- unsure of what of what the future is for them? If you could close it out, if you could give them some reassurance that they can go home and they can rest a little bit peacefully, knowing that, you know, maybe one day they could be hanging out with their kids and then the next day they got to catch up on three weeks of fucking training that they haven't been doing. <laughs> yeah, you exactly. Know? So, I'm sure I mean, those guys just, you know – They're not at the the national level as far as, you know, the highest competition, but those guys need a break too, you know, and that would definitely take some ease off of their brains at least and their families as far as, you know, what is, what is tomorrow for us? It's so unsure, you know?
0: Yeah. 100%. And while there might not be AHL hockey, there's still going to be the fucking hockey podcast network, Goonline game and hockey. And, (laughs) you know, Every fucking, I think it's, what what do we upload? Sundays now? Every Sunday.
1: Uh, Either Saturday or Sunday. It's something like that.
0: Every Sunday, new episodes are out on the Hockey Podcast Network YouTube channel. If you're as bored for sports as me and Benders are, you should check it out. Uh, Me and Benders both played in the last episode, and I think we both spent a combined, I don't know, Sixty minutes in the box, almost almost a full game. I know, I,
1: I know, I, inst- I I know for a fact that I have eight because I came out the box and and initially ran <laughs> somebody. Like I got out the box and just fucking bulldozed this guy on accident, and he just went right back in. But yeah, yeah. I made my debut. Fucking Habs nightly is running the fucking back end. You know, uh, <laughs> we couldn't fucking we couldn't pay the fucking refs anything to help us in that game. But uh, but just note folks, that we did. We had this idea before Spitting Chicklets did, and it does. That doesn't mean shit, you know. But but <laughs> we did it. We did it before they did. All right. Michael nope. Grinelli must have saw what we were doing and, and pitched the idea. That's all I'm saying.
0: He was one of our 15 views on our initial right on video. the first one. Yeah, and he <laughs> he thought it was a great idea. So uh, yeah, please watch it. We need views. I mean. If we get a few views, we can pretend that we're not just doing it for our own fun and we can pretend that we're doing it for work. So, the views would be appreciated. <laughs> um, Please,
1: folks. You know, we, we don't we don't have a, an extra episode a week right now. So, this is what's keeping us a little, you know, the group a lot close more close net that together. And, um, you know, we do put a lot of time into this. You know, we even have fucking commentating, you know. So, like, these guys really are, are going out you know, doing above and beyond to continue to find stuff for you guys to watch. Uh, and, dude, if you want to fucking chirp us, dude, like I'm first game in and I look absolutely terrible. I think I have one a beautiful, a beautiful pass. But that, that is about all you're going to get out of, out of my performance and my debut. But uh, it was fun. I can't wait for the next one.
0: Yeah, and I think um, we're going to a tournament-style format shortly. We're thinking about doing a conference. Yeah or no division tournament so it like Yeah, I think
1: we're playing the Central and yeah. they're fucked uh Half
0: going to represent.
1: Yeah, it's it'll be uh Central's falls over at uh Clean Skate, the Dallas one, Dallas podcast and then you got uh I think it's the duo for uh for Blue Notes, it'll be Tom and uh, Wags versus Half Nightly and fucking Shane over at uh Oh fuck! What's his podcast called now? I think changed it biscuit. a million times. Or did Fro- frozen biscuit. he change it. Frozen biscuit. I don't know. I think he just changes his his email a lot. If you listen to, uh, you know, the Devil's Advocate, he's changed his 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 email like four times. So I, I make him say what it is, you know, where you can find him. Cause well, I,
0: it's I'm, the it's the Sens podcast on the hockey yeah. podcast network.
1: <laughs> but no, we got the talent. We got the talent in that one. So. uh it should be good, and uh, I would definitely give it a look, guys. If you guys are bored, uh, it's just something extra to do, you know.
0: Yeah. Anyway, um, I think that's going to about wrap things up for today, unless you've got anything else you want to, uh, I don't know, get off your chest, anything, vendors. No, bud.
1: Uh, as soon as we get off of here, I got to start looking at fucking vehicles.
0: So uh, <laughs>
1: that's, that's my new homework, you know.
0: Well uh we'll check in next week I guess and see how the fucking car hunt's going. Maybe we'll be coming off a big victory against the central division, one can hope. Um yeah. as always. Corey and I thank you guys for coming in, listening. It's great. I know um, you know, it's kind of getting dull without the hockey as much hockey talk, but um it looks like things are starting to open up soon. So you know, we're going to be able to go outside a little bit more, talk to each other, see each other, make sure you're staying safe. Things are going to get better soon. So as always, I've been Mason, i been Corey, this is Habs Nightly. and thank you guys for stopping by.